let's troubleshoot this part of the domain of the business and let's troubleshoot because we're not sure what it is that's going on. And so simply by being able to slow down and stop and assess your business is actually a healthy thing to do. Like don't wait until you're in trouble to troubleshoot. Hello and welcome to the Remarkable CEO Podcast, a show dedicated to chiropractors who want to transform their job into a business so that they can have a remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life, not instead of one. With your hosts, Dr. Pete Camiolo and Dr. Stephen Franson. Welcome to another episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. I'm Dr. Pete Camiolo. And I'm Dr. Stephen Franson. And we are going to dig in today and do some troubleshooting. That's right. If you've seen some posts from Dr. Stephen recently in this past, I don't know, maybe six months, I've seen him at the shooting range. He's been out shooting at targets. Today, we're going to troubleshoot your business with you. Hey, we want to teach you how to think like a coach. I've been thinking about this topic for a while, Dr. Steven, and this is something I share with all the clients that I work with. I'm like, every time you talk to me, in my mind, I have a troubleshooting form and I start putting everything you're saying into spots on that grid. And we want you to be thinking like we think about your business. And as a CEO, we've put together an amazing tool for you to help you to do this in your practice. So we're going to teach you how to troubleshoot and we're going to share with you some insights on how we troubleshoot our own business and businesses like yours. Dr. Steven, I'm excited to dig in today's episode with you. I think the troubleshooting tool is really one of the things I go to the most. And, you know, as you framed that that way, you know, I always think of it as it's the CEO's tool, right? So I loved how you put it as, as coaches, we use this all the time too. And I, and I thought to myself for a second, it's like, yeah, a CEO is really like a coach to their business, right? Like if you really establish yourself as the leader of an organization, if you really make the ascension to the perch of CEO, actually your perspective, your purview makes you the person that's most qualified to actually coach your team, right? So yeah, I mean, I use this all the time in my businesses. I used it in my practice. I use it regularly with coaching clients. This coaching tool allows you a a systematic way or a systematic approach to digging in and finding exactly why is something underperforming? Where's the problem? What's the root cause of the problem? Because as CEOs, you know what? We don't want to be emotional, right? So we want to use data. You know, we want to be able to look in and say, okay, so exactly why something gone sideways? Like, so at any point in time, and every business goes through different seasons, there's a season or a reason that your business is underperforming categorically somewhere in the business. Now, if all you did was focus on the top line revenue and said, okay, we're up, so everything's great, or we're down, or everything's great, I'll tell you what, you've got blind spots everywhere, right? So what we want to do is train you as a CEO to be looking over the domains of your business, right? So you want to be able to look across each of the domains of your business and look at them categorically and say, are they optimized? We're not just going to wait for pain points and fires and problems to play whack-a-mole with. We're going to actually be constantly assessing so that we can plan, prepare, execute, assess, and repeat, right? That's our a peer program, right? That's how we manifest the next iteration of our business, right? So this tool is actually going to make it a system for you, right? So this troubleshooting tool and you know, Dr. Pete, it's, you know, it's through one of my favorite business lenses, which is our lens of the Rubik's Cube, right? So everybody understands that we use the Rubik's Cube as a metaphor to help docs understand what it takes to be a really, truly remarkable business, right? So, you know, we'd love to be able to say, 
you know, assembling a business is like assembling a jigsaw puzzle where it's like this sort of unidimensional thing. It's this flat surface. All you got to do is line up these 300 pieces and voila, there it is success, right? But we all know that that's not true, right? So business success is really this multidimensional puzzle, really. And I think the Rubik's Cube is the perfect metaphor for it, where you ultimately, you have six sides to this Rubik's Cube. And in order to solve the puzzle of business success, you have to get all six sides right, right? So the troubleshooting form is really birthed from this, where we use the six sides of the Rubik's Cube to assess an underperforming part of the business, right? So we look at it from the perspective of first side is vision story which is, do we have clear vision of what success looks like in this very specific part of the business, right? Can everybody tell me what does success look like? Exactly what are we trying to accomplish in this part of the business? And then of course, it's the second side is leadership. Do we have the right person leading this particular initiative or part of the business, this domain of the business? Do we have the right leader? Are they qualified to do it? Do they get it? Do they want it? Do they have it, the capacity to do it well, right? GWC, like Gino Wickman teaches in traction. I love that. This is where you're GWCing the leadership of any given part of your business. And then it's systems. Do we have the systems down? Do we have a system issue? Are we lacking a system or does the system not work or is it broken or outdated, right? So is the system right that's going to produce the result? Is that the root cause of the underperformance, right? Or is it people? Are we undermanned? Are we understaffed? So many chiropractors run such lean businesses, lean, mean, small teams, and I get it and I love it. The problem is, is you cannot choke off the oxygen flow into your business by being understaffed and undermanned. It creates back pressure. You know, that's what prevents growth. Very often, if people feel like they're overwhelmed and overworked, I mean, even if it's subconscious, if you don't have enough manpower running initiative, that'll cause dysfunction and underperformance, right? Or is it training? Have we just not trained those awesome people, those A players in our awesome systems, right? So is it a training issue? Or finally, and very often the situation, is it an energy issue, right? Six sides of the Rubik's Cube. Is it something that we just haven't made important? Is this something that we have not focused on? Is this something that we haven't called attention to? Is this an issue that we just simply haven't been measuring, which is so critical, Dr. Pete, because what matters gets measured. And it's so important to recognize that what we measure in our practice we are choosing those things to be our outcomes, right? So because what you measure is what you talk about and what you talk about is what you bring about. Yeah, this is such a powerful framework team. I, I cannot tell you how powerful this is, Dr. Steve, where you just were able to just smoothly just walk us through each one and just great questions to ask and a great framework for how to think about each part of your business. And you said a couple of things that I want to, re-emphasize just to the CEOs as you guys are taking this in, because that was a lot. And one of the things that I kind of jotted down as you were saying this was troubleshoot your business, but not just when your business is in trouble. In other words, using this as a proactive strategy, not just a reactive strategy, although it's great when you are underperforming in an area, but oftentimes in our businesses, we have blind spots, right? We have frustrations. We're not sure why it is. So this is a beautiful time and tool to take it through a troubleshooting exercise. That's what you would do. Says, why are we not? I feel like we're not, something is off. Let's troubleshoot it, right? I feel like this person is off or this 
element of the practice is off or this part of the, the, the patient journey is off or these stats are off. Let's troubleshoot this part of the domain of the business and let's troubleshoot because we're not sure what it is that's going on. And so simply by being able to slow down and stop and assess your business is actually a healthy thing to do. Like don't wait until you're in trouble to troubleshoot. Sometimes we are. Sometimes that's what happens, Doc. We we get in trouble, you know, and then we troubleshoot. But I, I thought that was an important point you made because yes, the tool is designed for a troubling moment. Like we're in trouble, you know, we're in a crisis, or we're in some sort of a pinch, we're in a, we're in a place of frustration, we're in, there is something is broken, we're, you know, it's just yeah, let's bring the troubleshooting form in. Let's do that. And we're going to give you some examples, but I also want to make sure as CEOs, like that's a very much an owner operator style of practicing and running a business where it's like firefighting, you know, it's kind of very reactive. Frustration, yelling, stomping your feet, right? Just working harder, longer, stronger, right? So that's exactly how an, an owner operator deals with underperformance. CEOs do not have that luxury. Exactly. This is part of, so when I think about a CEO and I think about the three objectives on your scorecard, I think, okay, vision casting. Okay. What's important now? What's important next? Lead the business. This is falls into the category of all of those. Actually, all three of your objectives are, can be captured in this exercise, in this form. If you are proactively, you are showing up to all your same page meetings with your COO, with your troubleshooting mind. If you show up to your team meetings and team trainings with a troubleshooting mind, if you prepare for your quarterly board meetings with a troubleshooting mindset and that you show up differently and you can present bringing things to the forefront of your team in a really healthy way. And it will be proactive, even though it's a bit reactive because you're always react responding to a situation you're seeing, but it's proactive because you're staying ahead of things before it hits really crashes and burns. And so that's right. It's a really healthy and it becomes a discipline that when you think this way all the time, you actually prevent crises. You prevent things. And that's really what we are in the business of, right? We're in, we're in healthcare, third tier healthcare. We teach, we teach prevention, you know, in a pound of, you know, ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. We teach this to our patients. Well, how do we teach this to ourselves? How do we manage that? This is how you do it. Here's a few words from our newest podcast sponsors. We're grateful for their support of the show. Imaging Services is a leader in digital solutions for chiropractors in the United States, offering full service to chiropractors, including service and support on digital x-ray and x-ray products. Imaging Services has a fully dedicated software and 24-7 on-call staff. To learn more, you can contact Mike Tokash directly at 610-812-3079 or visit www.theimagingservices.com. And now let's jump right back into our conversation. So you guys know that I'm a car guy, right? I talk about cars a lot. So I, I mean, I've really got into F1 racing <laughs> in the last couple of years. Like if you guys aren't watching F1 Drive to Survive on Netflix, I'm gonna, you're welcome. I'm turning you on right now. Like, I don't care if you're like, I hate car racing, whatever it doesn't. I'm not, I was never into car racing before. I've always been into cars, but watching F1 Drive to Survive on Netflix is just awesome, right? So what, what I'm just amazed by is 
you know, it's not just the athletes that are driving these cars and how spectacular they are as far as like top of the echelon, right? So it's an amazing dynamic. You have 20 drivers. There's 10 teams, two drivers per team, roughly. That's what you're looking at. 20 drivers, 20 cars, 10 teams. So you get two drivers per team doing 20 races over a 40 week period, right? So, and each one of these teams are spending hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars to put these cars on the track, right? So what's so fascinating is their use of technology and troubleshooting to keep these cars optimized, like at every possible way, every possible second, or would I say, could I say hundredth of a second, right? So it's like, there's a technology, this computerized technology that you've got four guys sitting in front of monitors, monitoring every single function of those cars at all time, including monitoring the driver's vital signs, right? So, and you got one person who's speaking to the driver and then you've got the lead, right? The team lead. And they're, they're all coordinated around just getting feedback from the car and the driver and telling the driver exactly what to do. It's extraordinary, right? So that's using technology to troubleshoot. Well, old school troubleshooters, you know, when they were trying to figure out how to optimize an engine, they would take a totally different approach. Nowadays, it's all technology. But if you go to an old school mechanic, what they recognize when they look at any engine, right? There's a, the engine has a potential horsepower production, right? Output, right? Let's pick a random engine, let's say a Porsche Targa 4 GTS, right? So let's just pull that one out of the sky and say, all right, so this thing, you know, by rating has the capacity or the potential to deliver 485 horses to the ground, right? That's what that engine will produce when it's optimized tires to the ground. But rarely, if you put it on this machine that measures horsepower, you get a true 485 horsepower is delivered through the tires to the ground, right? The, it'll be off a bit, right? So what they do is they troubleshoot the engine, right? So that they can tune the engine. And the thing in here, Pete, is it's not usually just one thing, right? There's not just one thing that's robbing that engine of horsepower, right? It's usually a combination of things. Is, it, is the airflow not right? Is it, is it running lean? Is it running rich? Is it misfiring, right? They'll listen to it. Is, is there back pressure issues? Is the exhaust not getting out, right? Is there particulate matter that's increasing the heat robs horsepower? Is there some kind of vibration? They're watching the engine. They're listening to the engine. They're smelling the engine. They're literally, if there's a fluid, they'll pick it up and smell the fluid, right? So what they're doing is they're diagnosing the three, four, five, six ways we could pick up two, three, four, five horsepower, right? And they're tuning the engine. My goodness, if we don't see our businesses as an engine that has a potential horsepower output, man, you're missing the boat on this. This is what the troubleshooting form is all about. It's about tuning the engine of your practice. So I don't know a lot about cars, but I feel like, you know, just walking through that with you was super helpful. And, and it actually really helped me just kind of understand even more like, the layer and levels of like excellent, which you can troubleshoot. Like there's a, like, cause you're talking about the highest performing That's right. vehicles you're talking. And so what I think about is, okay, to what level do you optimize? To what level do you want to play? Like to what level do you want your business to play? Cause some of us says, you know what, you know, that sounds a lot, you know, we don't have to, I don't have to troubleshoot that much. Just generally just, let's just, you know, I don't know, change the air filters. We should be fine. You know? And it's like, yeah. Okay. So no, but the reality is, is that we oftentimes when we trouble you, we just settle for like the simplest solution. But I personally feel that, and this is me talking to you guys as I'm talking to myself, because 
Dr. Steve and I, we talk to ourselves on these podcasts and we hope you enjoy listening. But, you know, I got to be willing to go deeper because if I identify, for example, that there's an issue with a system in the practice, let's say we're looking at marketing, we're looking at internal new patients, and we're looking at process-driven new patients as an example. And we're saying, hey, we have a goal. Well, actually, maybe you don't have a goal. And that's one of the issues. But let's just say you had a goal of we want to generate 20 process-driven new patients per month each month this quarter. And so you look at, and you're halfway through the quarter, six weeks in, six weeks to go. You're in the middle of a weekly team meeting, looking at your scoreboard, getting the stats purported to you. And you're like, guys, last month, we came in at 50% of our goal. We had 10. This month, two weeks in, we are at 50% of our goal again. Pause, pause. Now that thing goes on an issues list, right? And when it gets on the issues list, immediately my brain goes, troubleshoot troubleshoot exactly so it is a system thing okay it's a system called process driven new patients it's a system however i'm gonna go to the top and i'm gonna start with vision don't go right to the system issue go to the troubleshooting form with a system or a process in your practice that there's something isn't working something is misfiring and go right to the top and start with vision. Do not miss this. You have to go right to the top and ask yourself, your team, the person who's accountable to report that KPI especially, and say, are you clear on what it is that we're, we're trying to accomplish here? Are you clear on what success looks like here? And don't move forward. Just ask that question. Let's role play it, Dr. Pete. Let's make pretend yeah. I'm on your team. Like, Let's role play it so they hear what this really looks like and sounds like. So Dr. Steven, you're responsible for generating you're accountable for the internal new patient in this practice yes or no yes that's correct cool awesome and so last month we were at 50 percent below our goal and we we all agreed that you know what we're going to hit it this month we're doubling down and we're going to focus on that and we're going to hit it now we're two weeks in and we're off so do you agree that we should troubleshoot this and figure out what's going on yeah absolutely let's do it all right cool so let's start with vision dr steven are you crystal clear on what it is that success looks like for us in this practice right now and your role and what it looks like for us to achieve this? So I think I am. So let me just say that I know we have three different types of new patients. We have internal, external, and digital new patients. And inside of internal new patient referrals, we have three types of internal new patients. We have organic new patients, as you call them, Dr. Pete, it's, these are organic referrals, happy people send more people, right? So that's one. Then we have campaign driven, which is like, we're doing our body signals program. So we've got a bunch of people coming to that advanced workshop. So that'd be campaign driven. And then we have process driven referrals, right? So process driven referrals would be those people that just by patients going through our process, they experience these opportunities to be provoked to refer in, whether it's the first phone call, when they called to make an appointment, we asked them, is this appointment for you or for your entire family? That's an example of a process driven referral. I know that we have part of our consultation where we ask about family members, pregnancies, children. If somebody has been in trauma, was somebody else in the car? You know, we talk about family checkups and family checkup policy. We encourage having the spouse at the report of findings. We encourage people to bring a guest to the better results, faster workshop. So those Dr. Pete would be what I understand to be examples of the process driven referrals we're talking about. 
100%. So, Dr. Steven, you are spot on. So, I guess the next question I would ask is, do you feel like you have the ability, because you are clear on what it is, you're exactly right on what the vision is, and are you clear on what your role is in that? Because I know not every one of those pieces you influence directly. Some of those are influenced by our team at the front desk who's here. Some of them are influenced by me. Some of them are influenced by you. So we all share responsibility for this. Do you feel that there's an issue in with our understanding of what needs to be done, what is being done, our capacity to do those things? Do you feel like that's an issue? We have a leadership issue here. Yes, Dr. Pete, I believe that I'm the right person I to have the lead on this because I'm the head associate doctor. I've got the other two associate doctors that I work with and I train with. I'm all over all of these processes, day one, day two, day three, day four, week two, week three, week four, month two, month four. I'm all the way through this thing. So I am the right person to cover come over the top on that. And I totally get it. I want it. And I have the capacity to do this well. Beautiful. So let's look at our current system. So we have our first four and we have very specific steps in the journey with each patient that comes into the office. And you would agree that if a patient walks through our, if they walk through the the journey from day zero, day one, day two, as you were describing there, do you believe that right now the system that we are implementing, the process that the patient goes through and the procedures that we're doing as a business. Is there any issues with the system right now? Is there a breakdown at some point in the journey for our patients consistently where we're missing? Cause we're about five, we're halfway to our goal, almost two months now in a row. Do you feel like there is a system issue? I know that our systems are airtight and I know that they produce those collisions, those communications, those conversations that provoke people to refer. I know that those live in our systems. I know that we have a checklist that we used to use in the patient's file that indicated that they went through each step in the process and that they actually experienced each one of those. And I'm afraid that we have gotten away from that system. That's been my observation, Dr. Pete. And I think it's with our busyness. We got away from a system that used to work really well. So I'm going to suggest that this might be a systems issue, or at least the systems need to be tuned so that we start using a tool that we already have. We just need to implement it more. So I need to look at the rest of our team then, because I know, Dr. Steven, that the checklist actually was and is often managed by the responsibility of our front desk. So we need to look at the front desk and ask why this system, we've stopped doing this. And I want to get some chime in from maybe front desk check-in CA, front desk check-out CA, office manager, some chime in. Was there a decision that we made months ago where we stopped doing this? Was there a reason why we stopped doing this team? Because I believe, Dr. Steven, you're exactly right. Yeah, Dr. Pete, I know. I think this is what happened. So we decided that it was actually the new patient concierge or you know, the tech CA who would own that because they're really engaged and involved in all the patient experience and the whole narrative, right? So across their whole relationship. So they were actually the right person to shepherd that, right? So we had that transition of the checklist became the responsibility of the tech CA and the new patient concierge. And they might be the busiest person in our practice. And I'm unsure if they actually were trained properly in the use of that checklist and how to do it. Here's a few words from our newest podcast sponsors. We're grateful for their support of the show. Fortis Pay Chiropractic offers a complete payment processing suite with special features that allows your team to easily manage payments with options for your patients to pay anywhere, anyway. Their intuitive cloud-based technology offers you the freedom to accept payments from multiple checkout points 
in or out of the office, providing your patients many contactless ways to pay and eliminating the money-focused mindset from the front desk. Fortis Pay Chiropractic enables you to automate your payment processing with their incredible features and integrations that will save you valuable time, reduce human error, and allow your team to focus on healing your community instead of payments. You can test drive Fortis Pay while still using your current payment processor. There are no contracts or cancellation fees and no sign-up fees. Reach out to Margaret for a demo, free rates analysis, and to discover more. Email Margaret at trp at fortispay.com. That's trp at fortispay.com or call 616-550-5025. With a staggering 91% of patients now expecting digital care from their chiropractors, it's clear that personalized communication is critical for your practice. Digital Care 100 is the premier video engagement platform in chiropractic and offers easy-to-use tools to create short, personable videos and send them directly to your patients. At the heart of Digital Care is the DC100 Content Library, your own personal archive of conversations just waiting to be had. Content ideas are already brainstormed, trends are already identified, projected, and mapped out, interesting and engaging content is ready for delivery. With a built-in teleprompter and 100 plus video scripts to choose from, Digital Care 100 is engineered to keep your chiropractic moving forward 365 days of the year and you're in the driver's seat. Ignite practice growth with Digital Care 100. Visit digitalcare100.com to learn more. Now let's jump right back into our conversation. So I think we're getting somewhere, team. I think, Dr. Steven, you would agree that I think we're kind of finding part of the issue here. So let's talk about team. Let's look at our team right now and look at everybody who's involved here. Do you see from the moment that they call in, a patient calls in or messages us on Facebook or books in online or whatever, it was referred in that, that we're handling it well from that day zero all the way through and every person who's touching them, do you feel like our team? other than what you just brought up about the new patient concierge with this specific system, but do you feel like the persons and the people that are in place that are helping us achieve this goal, that they're all in the right place doing the right work the right way? Yeah. And I don't think it's a team issue. I don't think we're undermanned. I don't think we're, I think that we really have the, you know, if we give this task, the meaning that checklist to the Texier, they're the right person and they certainly have the bandwidth to do it. Again, I think we're going to go to the next side of the Rubik's Cube as we troubleshoot here. And I do think it comes down to a training issue. Okay. So, Dr. Steven, I'm going to just ask you then as, as the leader of this specific part of our business, this KPI is you're the accountable one. We're all responsible. What do you believe and should be the next steps? How can we help you as a team? And really, how can we support you and in this next step with training, which it seems like it's a training uh, challenge here? Well, I think that this has been really helpful because just this, you know, if we can put some energy towards this, right? So this is clearly what's just become important. And I really think that there's a lot of low hanging fruit here. So if I can, I will meet with the Texier and I will train them on how I've shown the doctors on how to do this in the past. I'll bring them up to speed so that they're just aces at keeping that checklist and making sure that they're the ones that are driving that thing and keeping track of it and that we don't miss any spots. And I think that if, you know, 
if we put energy into this and we make sure that this is what we're talking about a team meeting, maybe we bring them into this conversation as well. I'll keep the accountability on it, but I think it'd be great if the tech CA would chime in and let us know, you know what, I've been working on the checklist, all of our new patients, I've been following the system. And I think we're going to see a lot of fruit from it if we make it important. So at a minimum, we, moving forward, because I'd like to wrap this issue and we can move on to another issue here, but I'd like to just to say next steps from here, action steps. So one of the action steps is you said you're going to be meeting with the tech CA, scheduling a specific training on this. We're actually going to take that tool. We're going to start implementing it. So guys, we have a couple day threes that are coming in this week, the rest of this week. So can we all agree that we're going to, we're going to reinsert this into this, the process with our new people that are coming on board and that's going to happen. And then we'll follow back up with this next week and the week after specifically. So the next two weeks of this quarter or this month, We'll revisit this issue specifically here in this meeting. Is that something you can agree to? I can say yes for everybody on that one. I own this one. I'm accountable and I'm going to get this back on the rails and we're going to hit our goal of 20 by the end of this month, Dr. Pete. Awesome. Sounds good. All right, let's go on to the next issue. So I think this was good, Dr. Steven. I think, you know, um, you know, just, and we're just, this is just real time. Like we're just going on this, but <laughs> we're just spitballing guys. I hope that was helpful. I hope you saw it, but it was good because if you think about it, guys, like if you took everything in the office, everything that's going on, and we're just, again, we just on the fly, but that's how we go through it. And there's not, it's not emotional. It's not like, there's no fighting. There's no, it's just real time, two people on a team or the whole team working through an issue together with a framework, with a system. It's a system to solve the problem. A troubleshooting form, it's a systematic way to look at an issue in the business and do it in a thorough way. So there's no stone left unturned. We looked at it from every angle and I did slow it down, even though I knew it was a training. I kept staying with it because I said, no, no, no. We still have to walk through each step on the journey. Don't skip it. Because we're tuning, we're tuning the engine. It's not just one thing. You heard there was three things there, right? So yeah, critically important. All right, guys, I hope you got a lot of value out of this. You can see that the troubleshooting form is a CEO tool. It's really a CEO skill right? It's a perspective that we show up to solve issues. It's not about creating a dynamic where you're assigning blame. It's about unearthing root causes of issues so we can correct them. All right, guys, this is how we do it, right? This is how we run teams and how we run businesses that recognize that they're in the business of saving lives. So when business is good, everybody wins. We hope that this tool will help you help more people. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. Remember, what the world needs now is chiropractic. And what chiropractic needs now is more successful chiropractors. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, share with a friend, and leave us a review. And if you'd like to connect with us personally, direct message us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. Now go and be remarkable.